0: Visions podcast, Stacy. This month we're we're di- diving into the different channels of the broker dealer industry space. And, and, and last week we covered the wirehouse space, um, and, and we made you do the negative side of it, which I know you didn't like. But this week we're going to let you talk about the positive side of the independent broker dealer space. But I did want to start with saying that you cursed oh. me and jinxed me from the perspective of you said that it was all sunny yesterday last week, and now as you can see behind me, no sun. And you talked about pulling out sweatshirts. Now I got to pull out a sweatshirt because it's cold. So I'm blaming this one on you, Stacey.
1: Life is rough, Jeremy. (laughs) Life is rough.
0: So this week we're going to cover the independent broker dealer space. And I know you spent 20 years in, in corporate America in the independent space. So you're very well versed on it. And I spent a good majority of my career in corporate America in the independent broker dealer space. And so like we did last week, let's talk about the positives and negatives, and and let's start with you by allowing you to talk about the positive side for our audience of what's positive about being in the independent broker dealer space versus the the wirehouse space or the RAA space that we'll cover next week.
1: Sounds good. Yeah, the independent space. Wow, that's, um, it's a fun topic, right? So as we look at, um, well, as I'm thinking back on my career, who has joined the independent space? Who have I worked with from broker-dealer changes? Um, Why did they leave? You know, why were they looking at making changes? And and why was independent space such a good solution? Um, And I think you can boil it down to a lot of advisors that went to independent broker-dealers through the years. It's because they've outgrown their current environment. Whether that's from a, like a regional wirehouse, um, insurance broker dealer, there's a certain point where you might just outgrow some of the offerings within that structure, which again, they have their own positives there. But depending on the direction your business is taking, you may need more choice as well as more flexibility. And that's going to come up in different areas of the business. Um, an easy one to pick on is compliance sometimes you see offices within a more captive or smaller structure that have a lowest common denominator common denominator compliance approach, where you may have a lot of years under your belt from being an advisor and need greater flexibility from a marketing perspective, or even just a trading perspective within your fee-based accounts, for instance. And you don't always find that outside of the independent channel. So I think that choice and flexibility really shows up heavily in the compliance side. Um, I mentioned marketing underneath that let's say you wanna do some marketing of your um, website, you have your own DBA, maybe you've got your own dojo and you wanna like start drawing that in as far as who you are back to your clients. Sometimes you've got some restrictions there, right? You've gotta follow different um, marketing requirements on the business names or how you represent yourself. There's a lot of freedom, a lot of choice on the independent side and how you market, how you present yourself back to the clients. And also just how you build out your office from the culture, from the vibe you want. Uh, Maybe in a more wirehouse or regional side, you've got a lot of competition in your office. It's not necessarily the case on the independent side. If you've got multiple advisors in your office, you guys can be rowing together. Um, It's not necessarily everyone out for themselves either. So you really get to create what you want in that independent side from marketing, more freedom on the compliance side. Uh, Freedom and how you build out that office, how it's represented to your clients, and of course, you know, there's some other areas in the products and technology side that, um, again, huge wide open box in how you build that all out. So, Jeremy, there's so many good positives. How can you bring a negative to that?
0: Understood. And I would add on to positives. I mean, obviously you have the payouts and pricing are, are much more aggressive and higher than some of the other marketplaces. <clears throat> and we even see, before I get into the negatives, you know, move from independent to independent. Um, and that's okay. And a lot of times it's for that better pricing or better stability or better technology. Um, yes, it, it is tough to, to come up with a lot of negatives on the independent broker-dealer space. But there are some negatives. Um, you know, First and foremost, I would say from a stability standpoint, you see a lot of independent broker dealers that are bought and sold. And what changes come of that? I mean, we just seen an announcement this morning about a van tax being sold. And granted, they're being sold to another independent broker dealer, but that comes with change, change in culture, change in platforms, change in um, payouts or pricing. And so that would be one negative is when you're looking at the independent broker dealer space, looking for a firm that you have some stability in that um, you don't have to worry about the being bought or sold. You you see that more in the independent broker dealer space than you do in a lot of the other channels. The other negative, and we we talked about this last week, is you do have a business to run. The majority of the time in the independent broker dealer space, you are a 1099 independent contractor. So you're, you're hiring staff, you have HR, you have you know, space that you're either renting or having to buy uh, office space wise, you, you're you're taking care of everything from a computers to a phone to everything else. And so you got to ask yourself, do I truly want to be a business owner and deal with that day to day, you know, running a business idea. So, so that would be the the second negative. The third negative I would say is what do you want to do in the independent space? Because There are a lot of independent broker-dealers, but that doesn't mean they're all the same. When you say it's a wide-open box, it absolutely is in the independent space, but it could be overwhelming from the perspective of the number of choices you have. What CRM system do you want to use? What financial planning software do you want to use? Do you want to be more heavily on the commission side versus the advisory side? If you're going to be on the advisory side, are you going to be that asset gatherer? Are you going to be that asset manager where you're building your models yourself and trading and rebalancing them? So from a technology standpoint, it can almost be overwhelming the plethora of choices and options you have. Now, some broker dealers do have subject matter experts in those areas of, hey, we see a lot of advisors that are using XYZ as a CRM system. Maybe you want to start with that. But There's so many options out there that it can be overwhelming. And so working with firms like Trusted Visions that can really help talk through what options are out there, and I always suggest go with the path of least resistance and utilize what you're currently utilizing and get on your feet, get through a transition, and then you can start looking at the different options and saying, hey, does this make sense? What is the cost? Because as a business owner, you can start spending a lot of money on different technology offerings, even marketing options. If you're looking to market on social media of, I mean, you could spend thousands of dollars a month just on technology and marketing solutions in the industry. So um, we tried not to be too biased on this independent broker-dealer space just because we spent the majority of our career there, but it is something that it is very exciting for a lot of people. And you see, I always say there's a segue of going wirehouse or captive to independent, and then we'll talk about the next step after that here in a couple weeks. But Stacy, as always, your contact information.
1: You can reach me at 641-919-6722 or email me at martin at trustedvisions.com.
0: And for me, you can call or text four eight zero four three zero five zero one two. Or email me at infotrustedvisions.com. At Hope everybody has a great week. Stacy, next week, the sun better have come back. So otherwise, I'm blaming you again.